0: Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills, in Morris County, New Jersey. Pastor Jim's desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application to our daily lives. How are you doing right now? Many of us are not doing very well, as we live in a world of an unknown future. That was the prophet Daniel's experience and of those around him after they had been exiled to Babylon. However, instead of giving up, Daniel got down on his knees and began to pray for his own burdens and the burdens of others. He discovered that it's often when we bring the burdens of others to God, as we demonstrate love to others, that we begin to sense the lifting of our own pain and burdens. Let's learn more about this as Pastor Jim concludes his message, A New Way to Pray.
1: What also concerns Daniel big time is, once again, verse 13. As it is written in the law of Moses, all this disaster has come upon us. Moses, thousand years ago, warned us. We didn't listen. Now this disaster's come upon us. City leveled, prisoners taken to Babylon. Yet, we have not made our prayer before the Lord our God that we might turn from our iniquities or our sins and understand your truth. It's like Daniel's like, we have been here for 70 years and we still don't get it. We still don't, we still don't understand. And it's like he's saying, this, this is scary. I mean, this is not good. We can keep blaming everybody all we want, but we are in a bad, bad place. Our hearts are not ready to return to Jerusalem. And what does history tell us? They went back and they had more trouble. They left God again and again and again and they kept having trouble. Why? Not being crushed by their sin, they didn't repent. Friends, that's why you have to take that journey to the foot of the cross. That's why you have to say, God, I'm sorry. I know a lot of people, they resent being called sinners. They're like, I'm not a sinner. All right, here's the news. You are. You are. I am. You don't believe me? Ask Pam. She'll tell you. Part of the sinful condition is people do not want to admit their sin and their guilt. You know how hard it is sometimes to get people to admit their sin, isn't it? I mean, it is not easy. Even, dare I say, especially when it's against God. And the lie of this world is the bad news of heaven. The bad news of heaven is if you don't admit that you're a sinner and you need a savior and put your trust in Jesus Christ, you won't know God. And if you don't know God, you won't get into heaven. Now, some of you are a a bit older, and you might remember this. There there was a very famous car racer in the 90s by the name of Jeff Bodine. And one of my clients, I owned a trucking and air freight company. It was an oil company that had their logo on the side of his car. And he won a lot of races. He He's very, one of the top guys. And so he ran exclusively their oil, and they would make custom oil for him. And we learned that apparently that those race cars, that's like top secret business. So we have a couple of drums of oil that we ship down south. And, and then we have a local guy make a delivery. And so uh, he, he gets there and he's ringing the buzzer and nobody answers. So he calls us up and he says, I'm trying to make the delivery to, to Jeff Bodine's place. I can see the garage way off in the distance, but nobody's answering. So we said, hold on a minute, put him on hold, called the person who shipped it said, what should we do? And they said, just have him drive it up. He's got a lift gate on the back of the truck. Put the drums on the lift gate and lower them down and leave them right outside the garage and it'll be fine. So we get back on the phone with the driver and we give him the instructions. He goes, okay, what am I supposed to do with the Rottweilers? <laughs> so we had the number. We called and it was Jeff's manager. And he just starts laughing. And he says... They were supposed to call me the day they, it was coming, but they didn't. They didn't tell us to call in advance. And he says, "You ain't getting onto that property if you, you ain't getting through that gate if you all don't know them dogs." <laughs> That's what heaven is. You're not getting in unless you know the gatekeeper, and it's not Saint Peter. It's Jesus Christ. You see, the church has to be willing corporately to confess our sins, even admit some of the sins against God of the church of the past. Confession is a distinguishing mark of the church. It's one thing that makes us different from the government. You can't get an apology out of those people. It's almost impossible. Or clubs or unbelieving people. so it's like Daniel is saying, what is it gonna take for the people of God to see they turn their back on God and the word of God? Billy Graham said this, to get nations back on their feet, we must first get down on our knees. Now, put down the rocks. Because a lot of us wanna pick up the rocks and start throwing them. And listen to what the Apostle Peter says. 1 Peter four seventeen: For the time has come for judgment to begin at the house of God. And if it begins with us first, what will be the end of those who do not obey the gospel of God? So Daniel's prayer is being informed by the word of God. He, he knew the promise of God. He read the other prophets. He knew why they were there. And he's he's like, God, we're doing the same thing. We're doing the same thing. Our ancestors did it, now we're doing it. Point number two, Daniel's prayer was encouraged by God's grace. Look back at verse nine. To the Lord our God belong mercy and forgiveness. That is our hope, isn't it? That is our hope in a nutshell. Why? Though we have rebelled against him. I think how often our prayers are lacking because we forget the grace of God. We think of grace of just as forgiveness and we forget that God has the power to change us. We forget that God has the power to change others. We need to pray like that. God, that son of mine, that daughter of mine, that husband of mine, that wife of mine, that coworker of mine, me, I believe that if you could knock down Saul of Tarsus on the ride to Damascus and make him into the greatest theologian the world has ever seen, I'm not counting Jesus, that you could do that with anybody. I believe if you could do it with me, you could do it with anybody, God. Do we really pray like that? Do we really say, God, I am, I am believing, I am believing big time that you can do it? Remember, God's word is a mirror to who you are. It's a mirror to who I am. It's a mirror to us that we are sinners, but it's also a mirror to us to what and who we are becoming. The kind of person God is making us into. But that's also why we must pray for one another. We must extend the grace of God to others as shown to us. That doesn't mean you don't help people correct their ways. But now we live in the life skills church of America, where people don't want to talk about sin. And that's why we see, my opinion, so little empowering grace. That's why we're seeing so many people fall away. It's happening all across the country. That's why we're we're seeing so many, the rise in addictions and all kinds of horrible, horrible things that are going on in this world. The answer to our sin is the grace of God. That's why we come to the Lord and we ask for the forgiveness of sins and mercy and Holy Spirit work in our lives and in the lives of others. That is the heart attitude of a kingdom-minded person. We pray that God builds his kingdom in us and in our church so those people outside these walls see the glory of God in operation in us. The experience of the grace of God compels us to care about the people of God. It compels us to help carry their heavy burdens as well. Last week, Pastor John taught us from Galatians 6, that classic chapter where where he says in Galatians 6, 2, bear one another's burdens some of you came into this place today with things so heavy on your heart you didn't even you not even know how you got here your life is just you, everything is just so hard for you right now and you feel so alone in carrying this burden you can't carry it. like, I can't carry it. You know why you're here? Because there's someone else here that's supposed to help you today carry that burden. But we gotta stop with the phoniness. People walking around the hallway, how you doing? I'm fine, just doing fine. And then they email me or text me during the, during the week how they're really doing. They're not doing fine. I'm not saying that you can't do that, but what I'm saying is maybe when someone else asks you how you're doing, you might want to just say, you know, brother, you know, sister, I'm really not doing very well right now. I'm not in a good place. I'm sad, I'm lonely, I'm anxious, I'm whatever. Better to be honest than to be a liar. And so he says, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. When you bear someone's burden, when they say to you, what's happening? Don't feel awkward. Just say to them, you know what? Let's pray. And You don't need to just pray for 30 seconds. God, help them to bear this burden. Jesus, bear, help bear this burden for them. And then just say, hey, can I call you during the week or can we stay in touch? So the person doesn't feel like they're bearing this burden alone. And then you go down to verse five and Galatians 6, five says, you got to bear your own burden. Some people go, that means that's a Bible contradiction. No, it's not. So let's say you're doing really terrible. You say, well, 6, two says, somebody's got to help me carry my burden. But verse five says, I got to bear my burden. Which is it? You bore your burden by walking into this building this morning. And now someone else needs to fulfill the law of Christ by coming alongside of you, but you need to tell somebody. You need to tell somebody. Pastor Jim, are you, wait a minute, are you saying that we are to prayerfully and practically help carry the burdens of others? No, I am not. God is. I'm not saying it. Martin Luther taught in his his Teaching, and he was big on Galatians. I learned so much from him when, I, when we went through Galatians. He said, if you don't identify, if you say you identify with Christ, that means you have to carry the sins of others. Sometimes you have to have enough faith for the people you love in your life because they have none. Sometimes you have to carry the burden of people's sins that are far from God. God, help my family. God, help my church. God, help my brothers and sisters in Christ, especially now, God. You see, it's easy to say to people, bring your burden to the foot of the cross, but a man or a woman of God says, hey, let me help you carry that burden to the foot of the cross. Let's go there together. And it's also because by the grace of God, we see our own issues and shortcomings in the issues and shortcomings of other people. Do you ever have that? You think of somebody who got some problem and then you sit to read your Bible and God's like, yeah, you're kind of like that too. (laughs) But that's only possible if you see yourself in the long line of sinners. You say, "Uh, I I don't wanna get in the long line of sinners. You wanna be like Jesus? He got in the long line of sinners and let John the Baptist baptize him. We're so bad. He have not even had to repent for us. You got to see yourself as needing the grace of God and knowing that you that Jesus carried you and your burdens on the cross. So that takes us to number three. Daniel's prayer was empowered by God's greatness. Let's go back to verse four. And I prayed to the Lord my God and made confession and said, "O Lord, great and awesome God who keeps His covenant." and mercy with those who love him and those who keep his commandments. Now let's continue with verse 15. And now, O Lord God, our God, who brought your people out of the land of Egypt with a mighty hand and made yourself a name as it is to this day, we have sinned We have done wickedly, O Lord, according to all your righteousness, I pray. Let your anger and your fury be turned away from your city, Jerusalem, your holy mountain, because for our sins and for the iniquities of our fathers or the sins of our fathers, Jerusalem and your people are a reproach. Some versions say are an object of ridicule to all the nations around us. David is saying this. God, there was a time when you yanked us out of Egypt and the world was terrified of you. There was a time when King David was a mighty warrior and the world feared your people. And now, because of our sin, and our hypocrisy, we are now a laughingstock to the rest of the world. Does that sound familiar? Verse 17. Now therefore, our God, hear the prayer of your servant and his supplications. Lord, hear my plea. For the Lord's sake, cause your face to shine on your sanctuary. Uh, Lord, bring back your temple. Bring back your place of worship, which is desolate. What's he saying? Bring back blessed worship. How many of you people want our church to have blessed worship? Raise your hand. How many of you? Look at that. Same thing last service. Yes, yes. Well, stop with this. When the music's playing. I'm being dead serious. Stop. God must be like, is that what they think of me? Is that what they think of me? You guys did pretty good before the service, by the way. I don't want to, you know. But man, he, he's like begging you, God, there was a day I was a kid. I was a teenager and I remember going into your temple and there was, a, there was a remnant of people who were on fire for God. just Just praising your name, couldn't wait for the music to start to be able to sing your praises, God. Would you please bring that back? Verse 18, oh my God, incline your ear and hear. Now the word picture of that is like a little kid and God bending over to listen. God bending over to listen. You know, sometimes a little kid talks, and sometimes they get a little shy, and you can't really hear them. The other night, my grandson was over, and he was saying something to me, and I said, "Noah, well, what is it? What is it?" And I said, "Come over and say saying pop." He calls me pop, saying "Pops here," and he goes, "I'm really glad I'm here tonight eating pizza with you and Grammy." <laughs> That's the picture. He's like, Daddy, listen to us, please. Please. Those of you who maybe you're, have kids or you're a parent or you're a, a, a grandparent or you're a Sunday school teacher, a kid gets hurt, and what do they do? They dart for someone they know. They dart for the most, most familiar person in the room to be held now he's like God incline your ear and hear open your eyes and see our desolations in the city which is called by your name for we do not present our supplications or our pleas before you because of our righteousness or because of our righteous deeds but because of your great mercies. And then just listen to the emotion as he closes his prayer oh lord hear oh, Lord, forgive, oh, Lord, listen and act. Do not delay for your own sake, my God, for your city and your people are called by your name. Notice how Daniel throws in a certain wording that points to the greatness of God and honors God. And how does Daniel's prayer end? God, we want everyone to see your greatness and your glory. God's reputation among the nations, among the local Babylonians, and among the people of God is very important to Daniel and it drives his prayer. Now you say, can I make a request? Yes, of course you can, but Daniel shows us how to tie our requests to the greatness of God so God is honored. God, I'm gonna ask you to do this so everybody knows it was you. Forgetting the word of God, forgetting the grace of God, forgetting the greatness of God will lead us, will not lead us to praying the big prayers of God's will. How important it is we pray for great moves of God in our world, in our nation, in our state, in our church, in our, in our, in our family, and in ourselves remembering God's greatness and praying in the knowledge of the word of God and the grace of God will change the way we pray. And all we need is a handful of people like that, that look at God's word and says, God, we know we are not what we should be. We know we're not what we're gonna be, but we're asking you, to do big things. And what was the greatest demonstration of the greatness of God on earth? When God himself became a man. John chapter one, after telling us that Jesus is the word and, and he, Jesus is God, says this, John 1:14, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. He came and he pitched his tent right in the middle of the campground. And we beheld his glory the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Daniel and all the Bible writers, including Jesus and the apostles, never taught that a perfect, great, and holy God would never judge anyone. In fact, the holiness and purity of God that judges sinners often would seem to a lot of people to be at odds with the grace of God and the wonderful, forgiving God. Because the truth is, is that God's holy perfection, his righteousness would doom all of us and we would never come out of exile. On the other hand, if if God just looked the other way at sin, we couldn't say that he was perfectly righteous. And so for all people, the verdict is in. Do you know what the verdict is? Guilty, right on, guilty. Yet in his great love, God sent his perfect son. God sent which he loved the most to do the best in our lives. Like Daniel, Jesus identified with the sins of his people, past and present. And that's what Jesus did on the cross for you. And that's what he did for me. That's why we pray for one another. That's why we desire to mature together. That's why we forgive one another. That's why we pray for Jesus' wandering sheep. If you don't know what the good news of the gospel is, there's one verse that really can summarize in a lot of ways, there's others, but 2 Corinthians 5.21 says this, for he, God, made him, Jesus, who knew no sin to be sin for us. That's what's going on in the cross. The cross is where justice and mercy meet. Jesus is punished for sins that he never committed, And yet God offers mercy to anybody who will put their trust in him. Why the cross? The verse continues, that we, that we would include you, might become the righteousness of God in him. That happens when people turn to God and put their trust in Jesus instead of themselves. Maybe for you today, it's the first time. Maybe for you, you have wandered, and you need to come back. For all of us, it's every day. And if you don't know Jesus, our prayer for you is that you would put your trust in him. Jesus' prayer for you is that you would put your trust in him, that
0: you would come home. Thank you for spending the last half hour with Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Changed by Love is designed to help you deepen your relationship with Christ, no matter where you are in your journey. Teaming with Changed by Love financially makes it possible to reach thousands, many more than you and I could reach on our own. We are stronger together than we could ever be apart. Please consider a generous gift today. Give safely and securely online at changedbyloveradio.org. You'll find our address there, too, if you'd rather send a check. You can always reach us by phone at 862-217-9686. It takes a team to encourage thousands. You and Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kebney, changedbyloveradio.org.